Coming to you from Beaumont, this is your house call. I'm Jen Pillars. We're at the Beaumont Weight Loss Clinic in Royal Oak. This is where I started my fitness journey about three years ago. I had lost myself. I had looked in the mirror at some point in my journey and said, I don't know who I'm looking at anymore, but I need to take care of myself. I had problems with consistency and staying with any kind of fitness regimen that I had planned for myself. I didn't give up. I continued. I also joined a gym. I committed myself to probably in the beginning three days a week doing what I was comfortable doing, walking. I was very self-conscious about the way I looked in workout clothes, but I got over that. And I just focused on walking and I looked around to see what people were doing on the machines. And eventually, I started using the machines. And then I got into more and more and different types of cardio. I have energy, I'm happier, I feel more balanced. It's just amazing and I, I wonder why I didn't do this earlier. Hello and welcome to the Beaumont House Call Podcast. I'm Dr. Asha Shahjahan. Our goal is to help you and your families live smarter and healthier lives. Today we're talking about exercise. It's either a dreaded word like it was for Jen, or it's a word that resonates with invigoration. Yes, there are some people who can't imagine a day without it. Jen, with the help of the team of the Beaumont Weight Loss Center, eventually became the kind of person who goes to the gym every day and loved it. Her transformation and journey is so inspiring. The truth is, the lack of physical activity is really turning into an epidemic. Less than 5% of adults participate in 30 minutes of physical activity each day, and that's just not enough. So we're gonna talk about exercise and talk about its benefits and how you can get back into an exercise routine and really make it a habit and part of your life. Joining us today is Marty Lillystone an exercise physiologist from the Beaumont Weight Control Center. Marty, thanks for being here today. Thanks for inviting me. Exercise is one of those topics. Some people just hate it and other people are addicted to it. Um, and I think we can tackle both audiences today. What do you think? Sure. Let's just start off with some of the facts. How much exercise is really recommended for an adult on a weekly basis? Sure. Most of the institutional guidelines suggest that we do 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise five days a week. And most of the health benefits attributed to exercise can be had from that volume of exercise. So think 150 minutes of exercise accumulated over the course of the week. There seems to be added benefit working up to about an hour a day of exercise. Okay. So when you say that, I'm thinking of the treadmills in the gym that say 20-minute limit. So are you talking about 30 minutes of cardio exercise or just exercise in general? Most of the conventional exercise recommendations are focused on aerobic exercise, walking, cycling, swimming, for example. Okay. But it doesn't have to happen all at the same time. There can be an accumulation of activity throughout the course of the day. So imagine 10-minute walk before work in the morning, 10-minute walk during a lunch break, and a 10-minute walk in the evening before or after dinner. That's your 30 minutes. So you're an exercise physiologist. Right. What exactly is that, and how is that different than being a trainer, or okay. is it? Um, an exercise physiologist is supposed to know the, the, the physiologic effects of exercise on the human body. Um, and most of us aren't real skilled trainers. 
Um, trainers are people that can teach people the proper movements uh, and exercise programming in a gym. There are many of us who have really good intentions when it comes to exercising, right? We make this commitment, like, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to do this. Like, how do you get yourself into a routine or how do you get yourself motivated to exercise? And that's the biggest challenge for most of our clients at the Weight Control Center. When I first meet our clients, I, I ask them to think in the future. You've lost all the weight you'd like to lose. What are you looking forward to? What do you think the most common responses I get to that question are? I don't know, feeling better, looking better? Yeah. Um, the most common response is I want to feel better in my clothes. I'd like to be able to be more active with my children or my grandchildren. I want to be able to travel comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yet the way we typically market exercise from a, a, a medical perspective or even in the fitness industry, we're focusing on cosmetic benefits. We're focusing on health-related benefits. But if you go into the gym and you ask the regular exercisers, why are you exercising? I don't think we're going to find a lot of people that are saying I'm exercising to um, prevent my risk of developing heart disease, for example. So I, I encourage our patients to keep in mind what they're looking forward to. Again, feeling better in my clothes, being more active with children, and, and traveling more comfortably. Now we've given some purpose to that bout of exercise. Mm-hmm. My definition of exercise with purpose is training. And I encourage our clients to think of themselves not necessarily as exercisers, but to think of themselves as people in training. They are now training for that desired outcome. They might not be enthusiastic about that exercise, but they are enthusiastic about the outcome. Yeah, and I think let's talk a little bit about some of the outcomes since you brought it up. So like you said, most of the time we think of exercise, it's looking better and maybe feeling better. But there are so many more benefits to exercising, like improved sleep quality. Sleep quality, stress management, uh, reduced prevalence of heart disease in people who are regularly physically active. I think the biggest thing and a component that we haven't talked about so far with regard to exercise, uh, appropriately programmed exercise, um, delays the age-related loss of muscle mass and muscle tissue. And if we remain strong as we age, that gives us the ability to remain healthy and physically active, being able to do the things that we really want to be doing. Right. And also things like osteoporosis, right? Right. And then even cancer prevention. Some forms of cancer, there, there seems to be a decreased prevalence in, in folks that are physically active. For someone who's listening and they're like, okay, I get it. There's a lot of benefits. How do I get started? So let's break down the exercise recommendations into a few components. One is the frequency. Think five days a week. Five days I, a week. That's correct. I encourage our patients to um, don't worry about the 30 minutes, don't worry about the moderate intensity, but let's just focus on the five days a week, just kind of checking days off on the calendar. Can I go for a short walk during my lunch break at work or maybe park in a different parking structure? So that requires that I do that extra five-minute walk before and after work. So now we're establishing the habit of dedicating time to exercise. And then over time, progressively increasing the volume of exercise. And then once we're at that point, then we start focusing on the intensity of exercise. And I think once we get to the point where we're routinely accumulating 30 minutes of exercise throughout the course of the day, the rest of it's going to fall into place pretty well. And I don't mean to suggest that this is um, easy, but I, I think it's very doable. And again, if you look at all of the benefits associated with physical activity, it's kind of hard to to say I don't have enough time to do such a thing. 
I like the way that you said that you break it up because I think even when I'm talking to my patients and we say, okay, at least 30 minutes, five days a week, people think of, I have to physically go to a gym and work out on some kind of equipment for 30 minutes and then, you know, drive back home and then, you know, eat my dinner, get my kids ready for bed. And it just seems like very overwhelming. So what you're suggesting is just kind of in, like weaving it into your daily routine, which I think is pretty doable. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you could imagine um, signing up for a marathon, but without preparing for that marathon, it's kind of overwhelming. We can train for it so that by the time of that event, we're prepared for it. So many of us have jobs now that require sitting, like sitting all day long. Um, And there's a lot of evidence that sitting is the new smoking. So, I mean, why is sitting so dangerous? And then for those that are sitting most of the day and people who are in their car right now listening to the podcast or at their desk sitting, what are some things that um, they can do to be more active? Exercise. Um, The studies that find that there are, that sitting is harmful have found that the consequences of sitting or or just a sedentary lifestyle are mitigated by exercise. So if you do have a sedentary occupation where maybe you are sitting at your desk eight hours a day, mm-hmm. as long as you're exercising, um, then, how do you do then that? sitting do isn't. You, you know, like if you're supposed to be, you know, emailing or sitting in meetings. I mean, people say do walking meetings or, you know, get the stand desk and stuff, but I don't see a lot of people actually enforcing it or doing it. It's not practical. I don't think it's going to happen. But again, as long as we exercise during our non-work hours, um, we're going to be okay. So when I started doing an exercise program, uh, the people in my class were saying, you need to measure your waist. You have to weigh yourself every day. Um, you need to ha- take pictures of your yourself and all of those things. And I kind of found that very, one, takes up a lot of time. Two, kind of discouraging if the weight doesn't change. So what's the recommendation? Should you weigh yourself daily or not? And then, you know, what about like waist measurements? Yeah, I think may, if one of your goals with exercise is weight loss, then, then yes, weighing yourself would be a measure of progress. I'm reminded of a woman in our program, and I was counseling her earlier this year. She, she started exercising in January, like a lot of us do. And she stopped exercising toward the fe- uh, end of February. And I asked her, why did you start exercising? And she said, to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her, well, why did you stop exercising? And she said, well, I, I didn't lose weight. Well, that made sense to me. Why continue doing something if you're get- not getting the desired outcome? Right. And then I asked her, do you feel that you did get any benefit from your exercise? And, and her routine was stopping at the gym on the way home from work. Mm-hmm. And, and she paused for a moment. She said, yeah, you know, it, it reduced my stress. Apparently she had a, a, an occupation that was very stressful, and I don't think she was really fond of it. Um, she's exercising now, but she's got a more realistic goal in mind, and something that's easy for her to measure is stress. Her measurement of progress is uh, if she's feeling stressed, then she's not exercising enough. If she is exercising, then she's not feeling stressed. So Yeah, the benefits to mood is just amazing. Yeah, uh, the way we measure progress should be dependent on what our goals are. So let's pretend the goal is to lose weight. Okay. All right. Um, What is the best exercise to do to lose weight? I'll give you an example. So I have a a patient who's, um, her BMI, her body mass index is probably around 40. Okay. Um, So that's considered morbidly obese. And she 
um, said that she wanted to start getting uh, into physical activity, and so she started doing yoga. So she has been doing yoga for three months, and then she, you know, came in for her you know, weight check appointment or kind of accountability appointment, and she hadn't lost any weight, and she was really upset. And she's like, I'm doing yoga. Why am I not losing weight? So just kind of what type of exercises are best for losing weight? One of the benefits of exercise as it relates to weight loss is, is increasing daily energy expenditure. And that might in part be why yoga wasn't very successful, uh, effective for her. So think exercises. And this is assuming the person doesn't have any physical challenges that are going to limit their ability to do these particular movements. But Mm -hmm. an exercise that that uses a lot of your body. So uh, if we compare something like walking which is it requires you to move your weight, hold yourself upright, and you're using big muscles of your legs and your hips, for example, mm-hmm. that's going to promote a larger caloric energy expenditure than perhaps um, curling soup cans while you're watching television during a commercial break. So let's talk about using weight. So I'll give you an example. So I, over the whole summer, I would walk every day, um, probably for an hour. And I think it was more for the goal. Like you mentioned, my goal was just stress relief. And I enjoyed it. I liked being outside. It made me feel good. I slept better, that kind of thing. Um, And I did lose weight in the process, um, although that wasn't maybe the targeted goal. So then winter comes, and I got out of the habit of walking, and um, I got a membership to a gym so I could just use the treadmill there, but I never went. Sure. Then I was like, okay, I got to do something. So then I tried to sign up for some, um, like a boot camp kind of class, and I loved it, but I could never get there on time. So then I lied to myself and said I was doing something, but I'd go like maybe once every two weeks, you know. So then finally, I ended up doing um, a weight training regimen with with this um, individual who's right by my work. So right after work, it's like a mile away, and we just all we do is like weight training for forty five minutes. And I feel so much better. I feel stronger. I feel like I'm more in shape than I was over the summer. And I'm dedicating way less time. So tell me about that, because I think a lot of people are intimidated, especially women, when it comes to using weights. Sure. Um, Specific to weight loss, we typically don't see weight loss as a result of weight training. But that doesn't mean there isn't weight loss benefit. When we are weight training, we might be um, adding muscle while at the same time losing some fat. So again, we don't see a weight loss, but we see a beneficial change in body composition. Mm -hmm. The neat thing about weight training from a weight control perspective, and the research bears this out, especially when we look at people who are over 40 years old, as a result of strength training, because they get stronger, they become more physically active. So in a roundabout way, strength training might be an effective tool for weight loss. There's all sorts of other reasons I think we should be doing weight training, and a lot of the health benefits typically associated with aerobic exercise we're now finding can also be had via strength training. When we look at the research that looks at benefit of strength training and frequency of those exercise bouts, most of the benefit comes from twice a week. Um, For younger people, definitely three times a week. When we start getting beyond age 40 or so, um, for some people, three times a week is, is too much. Okay, because, so we'll do twice uh, a week. because of not enough recovery time between those bouts of exercise. Okay, let's talk about recovery. Sure. So, 
Um, if you work out and you're not sore the next day, does that mean it was not a good workout? No, it means it was an appropriate workout. Okay, so if you're sore, that means what? Well, if you're sore, it might mean that you did something that you haven't done for quite some time or, or you did something wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and if you're, if you're just starting a new thing, yeah, you might get some muscle soreness for the first day or two after the first one or two workouts. I always assumed the soreness was like, yes, my muscles are growing. <laughs> um, so some, pe- some people thrive on that, but um, my experience with my clients, if every time you exercise, you're sore... I mean, what else would you do that makes you sore? And you think, I want more of that. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then um, to switch gears a little bit from weight training. So you think weight training is a good idea. Yeah. Good for weight loss and also for strengthening, correct? Absolutely. Um, So now let's go into cardio. So there's all sorts of exercises out there when it comes to cardio. So um, I actually tried... um, you know, like the, it's like Orange Theory, where mm-hmm. it's, you do the running and then you do um, some weights and other things. And I found that I was having a lot of trouble with my knees on the treadmill. Um, and I realized Orange Theory wasn't for me. I tried it out for a good two months and my friend who did it with me loved it. She's still doing it. It's the best thing for her. But for me, it just I just didn't like it. Um, I wasn't enjoying it, so I couldn't stick with it. Um, but I was like, okay, that sounds like a good cardio exercise. But I, I love boot camp because I think it's like quick, a lot of changes, that sort of thing. But then there's other people that love, you know, just like Zumba and different dance forms and that thing. And then there's the whole CrossFit following. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about those different kind of cardio exercises and how, do you, how would one choose what's best for them? Sure. Um, things like CrossFit, things like Orange Theory, um, typically they're, they're very vigorous. By no question, people that do those, they, they become very physically fit. Mm-hmm. If we look at the health benefits of exercise, if we compare somebody who's exercising at a moderate intensity to somebody who's doing a CrossFit or an Orange Theory type program, those people aren't necessarily any healthier than the person that's exercising at a moderate intensity. They're certainly more physically fit, but they're not necessarily any healthier. So it kind of depends on what your goals are with that exercise. Um, something like Zumba, for example. The neat thing about that, quite often people don't perceive that as being exercise. They perceive that as being dancing. Mm-hmm. And that might be more palatable to somebody who's not fond of conventional exercise programming. Okay, so let's say, like for me, Orange Theory wasn't working because of my knees. Mm-hmm. So what, what are good exercises for people that have knee injuries? Because I get that a lot from patients, like, oh, I can't do this because my back hurts or my knee hurts or whatever sure. it is. Typically, we'll emphasize a couple of things. One is we'll emphasize non-weight-bearing activity. So uh, let's compare pedaling a bicycle to using an elliptical machine to walking, whether outdoors or, or on a treadmill. Um, pedaling a bicycle is non-weight-bearing, and there's no impact. You're seated while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. An elliptical machine is weight-bearing. You need to stand up, support, and move your weight, but there's no impact. You're not picking your foot up and putting it back down. And then walking, it's weight-bearing and it's impact. And so we can try different modes of exercise specific to an acute knee injury. Yeah, we'd probably lean more toward a non-weight-bearing activity. If it's a chronic condition, let's say osteoarthritis of the knees, um, I advocate strengthening the muscles that surround that arthritic joint. And properly performed squats 
most people with arthritic knees can comfortably, safely do a, a squat, and it's a, it's a great exercise for knee health. What about heart rate? Is there a certain, like, is there a benefit to a heart rate goal? So, like, during aerobic exercise? Yeah, me personally, that's, that's another obstacle to exercise, it's just complicated, complicating things. Um, there are people who have certain health conditions that, that perhaps do need to monitor their heart, but my preference is to go by what we like to call perceived exertion. How does the effort feel to you? Okay. Most of the health benefits attributed to exercise can be had from moderate intensity exercise. The way I like to define that to my clients, if you can imagine you have an appointment somewhere, you're running a bit late, you drive your car, you park your car in the parking lot so that you're not too late, you're going to walk a little bit faster than you otherwise would. It's that intensity of exercise where we get the most health benefit. So some people say like if you can't talk while you're exercising that that's an indication yeah and if you can sing to the person you could probably pick it up a little bit okay that's good to know okay so i'm going to ask some like real quick questions so just like a quick answer sure um what's the best exercise to help improve posture Uh, strength training what's the best full body workout i would say cross-country skiing oh cross-country skiing what if you're not a skier learn (laughs) (laughs) how about rowing or 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 swimming Okay. What's the best exercise for weight loss? Whatever you want to do most often. Okay. Very good. So for people that are older, so 65 and older, many people kind of stop their exercising um, and their mode of exercising might be, you know, walking or something like that. What's the best physical activity for people who are 65 and older and you know, kind of what's the best exercise for seniors, like for joint protection and that kind of thing? This is the population that's starting to see the consequences of that age-related loss of muscle mass and muscle strength. Mm -hmm. And so I really advocate strength training for those folks. So now um, my last question is really about children, because the evidence shows that kids are sitting and watching screen time, whether it's TV, video games, computer, for seven or more hours a day. And that was according to the HHS, the Health and Human Services. What's the best exercise for kids, or how do you really get kids involved in exercise? I I don't think children should be exercising. I think they should be playing. And so we do need to create those opportunities for them. Um, The the data that I'm most familiar with finds that... um, we call it screen time, so time spent in front of computers, televisions, and so on. Um, there's no correlation between body weight and screen time up to 14 hours per week, think two hours a day. Once we start getting more than that, then we see uh, body weight increase. So we really need to, I think if we just limit our children to two hours of screen time, whatever else they're going to be doing is going to be somewhat more physically active than what they're doing in front of the screen. So that might be a good place to start. I also encourage parents to incorporate their children into some of their physical activity. So it becomes a, a, a family thing as opposed to just making the child do something. Yeah, that's a that's own. a great idea, especially instead of doing the family going out to dinner, uh, yeah. maybe uh, everyone go roller skating. Or <laughs> walk or ride your bicycles to dinner. That's all okay. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so what if you are the person that has tried everything? 
Like you've tried all the different kinds of exercises. You've tried to be um, disciplined in your eating habits. And for whatever reason, you're just failing. Like it's not working. What would you say to that person? Seek some help. And um, specific to the exercise component of it, I, I think the fitness industry, to some extent, has made things more complicated than it really needs to be. It doesn't require going to a gym or monitoring heart rate or getting huffy, puffy, and sweaty to get some of the very basic health benefits attributed to exercise. Well, Marty, thanks so much for being here today. We talked about so many things. I think you helped dispel some myths and also, you know, just give some pointers about how we can all get started. Thank you. Hey, podcast listeners, if you like today's podcast, we have other topics that maybe can help you with your weight loss goals and your fitness goals. We have one on fad diets, supplements, and sleep. We leave you today with this healthy thought. Whether you love exercising or you dread it, you can't deny that it's good for you. The benefits of exercise include not only weight loss, but it can strengthen your heart health, it can brighten your mood, can strengthen your bones, improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and even fight cancers and so much more. As Marty said, exercise with purpose. So find your purpose and get started to a healthier, stronger, and happier version of you. Continue your journey to living a smarter, healthier life. Visit beaumont.org slash podcast to access information and resources related to today's podcast.